Hey, what's up? It's DeHuff. It's another episode of DeHuff Uncensored. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also, I'm on YouTube, so just go to YouTube and search DeHuff Uncensored. And if you're able, please go ahead and share it with your friends. We're going to get into leadership because we got some big examples in the sports world of some just shit show leaders. <laughs> and and I'm sure whatever industry you're in, you can probably think to yourself and go, yeah, I've seen some pretty bad leaders as well. Uh, how do these guys compare? I don't know. Maybe they're not as bad as the shit that you've seen. And if you have seen some bad ones, go ahead and send me an email to huffuncensored at gmail.com and we can get into those in a future episode and that'll be fun to get into because there's a lot of bad leaders out there and I've been one I've been one when when I was younger I was right around 20 21 years old I had an opportunity placed in my lap to be a general manager of a store uh, for a Quiznos in Westminster I wasn't ready but I was like fuck man I don't know if they're ever going to give me an opportunity again Prior to that, I was an assistant GM under my brother, who was a great GM. And I think they just thought, well, the DeHuff brothers, they're both going to be great. Well, no, I wasn't. I was very green. I had no business being a general manager. Uh, and it was a shit show. And I had to fire a bunch of people because they were selling drugs before I got there. It was just like out of the store. They were using the scales that you're supposed to weigh your, your meat on. <laughs> They were using it to sell drugs. It was awful. So I had to fire all these people. Shit show. And I just got, I got shit on. I went into a bad situation. It was a horrible situation. But it just, ultimately, I wasn't ready. And I failed. I did. And I still remember that. And, and that's I'm okay with that. But the story's coming out today, in the past few days, and some of these we've, we've kind of heard before, but there's some add-ons with them. So The Athletic wrote an article. Uh, Jason Jenks and Mike Sando wrote a great article in The Athletic, and it's all in regards to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, you know, used to be a coach in, in college. I think he's back now. I, don't, I try not to pay attention to him. He just, his face annoys me. Urban Meyer's face he has a very punchable face. And the fact that he hasn't got the shit kicked out of him by a player is just mind-blowing, especially when you hear some of these stories. So he was in way over his head. He ended up getting fired, what, last season, like in, in mid-December, something like that. And we'll get into why he got fired as well. But there's all these stories coming out and highlighted by the Athletic article, and including... There's these stories of, like, why the fuck was he even hired? Like, other people had to have known that he was just shit, but he must have gave a great fucking interview. At one point in the article, somebody was quoting some of the things that Urban Meyer would do and say. And at one point, before the Rams game, he said... Who is this 99 guy on the Rams? Meyer asked one staffer during the season, according to a source. I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. Apparently, he wasn't being sarcastic. What if this is all just a misunderstanding and he's just really sarcastic? That would be kind of annoying if you actually had video. If he's just like, hey, who's this 99 guy on the Rams? <laughs> I hear he might be a problem for us. <laughs> And they're just like, we just don't like your jokes anymore, so we're just going to say you're an asshole. 
That's it. Urban Meyer, just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> He's not really a dick. Come on. He's just a guy with a wacky sense of humor. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Uh, so if, if, if indeed that is an actual thing, if you guys don't know, I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that don't follow football, and that's okay. Uh, so 99 is Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. So the fact that he doesn't even know who that is, that's troubling. And he's the guy in charge. He should fucking know. And whatever business you're in, you need to know about your opponents and what they bring to the table so you can make yourself better. How can you protect yourself from that? How can we learn from that? All that type of shit. And he apparently has no fucking clue. In his first staff meeting, Urban Meyer criticized the, the way the NFL teams operate, noting specifically that coaches failed to take proper care of players' health. And then, according to multiple sources in the meeting, Meyer said, I hate scouts. Scouts are lazy. Okay, you don't need to be saying that, Urban. You don't need to be saying that. That, that serves no benefit. You can't sit there and just criticize everything around you and, and just act like you know everything and, and just it, 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 what he was doing right there is, is serving no positive uh, influence on anything. It, it's, it's a negative breaking things down. It just deteriorates instead of evolves things in positive ways. It's just no, no point in doing that. The article continues saying sources said Meyer reportedly, repeatedly, excuse me, belittled his staff to its members' faces. He told his assistants that he was a winner and they were losers and demanded they defend their resumes. One player said um, coaches often looked drained whenever they left staff meetings with Meyer. I am a winner. You are a loser. <laughs> Like, what? Why would you call me a loser? Like, who wants to work for a dickhead like that? And there are a bunch of dickheads like that out there in multiple injury uh, industries. I don't understand, and I've ran, I've worked for uh, managers that didn't believe in in being positive towards their employees and it makes no sense to me like you think they it's like this old school way of thinking be like you gotta beat them down to their um, bloody pope on the on the ground then you mold them back up to what you believe a winner is it's like no it, it, that doesn't work it doesn't work negative um reinforcement however you want to say that i don't it's just it doesn't work who wants to sit there and be told that they're a loser and then be like, oh, he said I'm a loser. Well, I'll show him I'm going to be a winner. No, if anything, I'm going to be like, fuck you, I'm quitting. Then I'll go prove that I'm a winner somewhere else. I'm not going to sit here and deal with this shit, bro. But again, if he's trying to be funny, he's like, hey, guys, 
I'm a winner. <laughs> You're losers. Pew, pew, pew. And he does the, like, gun thing. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> You're like, that fucking Urban Meyer, he is, he is a jokester. Anyway, he's a dick. We need to get rid of him. Oh, uh, and they're just the the fellow coaches just look drained because they're just like they've been laughing so hard. <laughs> That's what it was, right? I'm sure. Uh, you guys remember the the Jaguars kicker that accused Urban Meyer of kicking him during warmups and saying, "Hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks." Meyer admitted in an interview later that he did make contact with the kicker, but he claims that he didn't actually kick him. Okay, that doesn't. That, why would you think that that would be a good idea? So fucking stupid. And I believe that was the, the thing that just broke the camel's back. That was a straw that broke the camel's back. He, he, you don't kick players, and you don't say, hey, dipshit, make your fucking kicks. That being said, God, I used to say shit like that. Like, I used to, <laughs> maybe I'm the Urban Meyer of radio, because I used to, Jokingly, jokingly, I used to go up to like um, Schlereth and Evans or Stokely and Zach right before their shows. I'd be like, hey, let's, uh, yeah, don't fuck up this show today. Or, you know, don't have a shitty show like usual or something. You know, I'd say something like an asshole. And they would always laugh like, haha, fuck you. <laughs> or I'd go to Mike and be like, hey, let's actually have a good segment this, this segment, okay? Can you not fuck this one up like you did the last one? And, but see, we had that sense of humor and that understanding that I was just being a dick to be, to be funny. Do you think Urban Meyer's going, hey, dipshit, <laughs> make your fucking kicks, okay? <laughs> I'm kidding. I got you. Oh, you should have seen the look on your face. <laughs> no, he's just saying that to be a dickhead. That, that helps nobody. You saying like, uh, especially a kicker where it's so detailed, like, if, if they, it's like golf. If you don't hit it just right, you're going to fucking shank it. That doesn't help. <laughs> you being a dick is not helping. The day that he got fired, a veteran player on the Jaguars said the mood around the team was strange. Instead of disappointment or concern that often accompanies a coach losing their job, the player sensed something else when Urban Meyer got fired. Relief. Boy, that, that right there is a great summary of Urban Meyer. He was just chaos. And he was just, like, I can only imagine these players and these coaches were just like, they're on eggshells constantly. I mean, he's trying to make these guys defend their resumes and, 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 and just why would you want to work for that and there's there's leaders out there that are just oblivious and we've all probably worked for them at some point where you're just like this guy doesn't know what the fuck they're doing why are they in in leadership I've told you the story about when I worked in the radio station and I got reprimanded because the fire alarm went off at like 8 a.m., which is a prime time for people to be listening to the radio station. It's a big ratings time, right? 
So the fire alarm goes off. What do I have to do? I have to evacuate the building. And I, as the producer, was just like, okay, I got to make sure my, my crew is safe. And so I throw on the ESPN satellite, tell the board op to get out, tell Schlereth and Evans, I was like, I need you guys out. Until we know uh, what's going on here, we can't come back. I know it sucks, but they're like, okay. We evacuate the building. I got reprimanded for that by uh, an old boss, and he's just like, you can't do that. That was a, that was a prime ratings time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't fucking matter. The, the fire alarm went off. I didn't receive an email saying that there was going to be a test alarm, so I had to do what was right, and that's evacuate the building. He's like, no, no, you did the wrong thing. We're going to lose you know, money. Uh, we got to make up those spots that didn't play because you know the fire alarm goes off. The, you're outside for like 30 minutes or whatever it ends up being. So he's reprimanding, he, reprimanding me, saying that he, you should have, Scott, you should have gone down the hall, checked for smoke or flames. And then if you didn't find any, just get back on the air or you know, uh, tell the guys the, to keep going. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that because then I could have uh, compromised my escape route. I could have been going down the hall saying, oh, there's smoke over here or looking for smoke. Then by the time I come back to where, you know, the escape route is, it could be compromised and we can't escape. So I'm like, no, you're wrong. And we had a conversation, no joke, for at least five minutes in his head. My boss's head was like shaking because he was like mad at me because I was, I wouldn't, I refused to <laughs> refuse to back down from this because I knew how wrong he was. I knew it. And I was like, I, I will do that again. I'll say, I said, if the alarm goes off tomorrow at the same exact time, and I don't have an email saying that there's going to be a test, I'm doing the exact same thing I did again. He's all, I'm going to discuss this with HR. That's what he told me. I was like, good. See how that goes for you. Because I can't imagine, based on your stance, that it's going to go well. <laughs> and that made him mad. And then, like, a few days later, we, ironically enough, had a quarterly staff meeting with the entire company. And, and, and the HR lady stood up in front of everybody and said, Hey, FYI, if the fire alarm goes off, no matter what, everybody evacuates the building. <laughs> okay? It's a huge fine. And it's just putting multiple lives in jeopardy if you try to stay. Because it's not just the the staff that's lives are put in jeopardy. Think about it from a firefighter's perspective. They're going in there trying to combat a potential fire in a hazardous situation. Then all of a sudden, they find out that there's somebody up there. Now they got to be escorting that person out to safety. Then they got to keep checking for other people. Oh, my God, you're just putting their lives in danger as well. So fuck off. Bad leadership. It happens. Urban Meyer, bad leader. The guy I used to work for, bad leader when it came to stuff like that. There was other things he was great at, but, geez, that one, like, holy fuck, man. No, I'm not going to die for this company. Eat shit. (laughs) No. And there's so many people out there that are in leadership roles where they act like, why won't you put your life on the line for this company? Well, I don't know, because I don't want to die for this company. It's like when I quit the radio station 
Like everybody was shocked that I chose my family over the job. Like, seems like a no-brainer to me. What's more important? At the end of the day, what's more important? Your family, okay? I could give a fuck about everybody else here. Give a fuck about the job. Jesus, people. Urban Meyer, fucking prick. All right, more examples of a shitty leader. This time, it's with the Denver Broncos. Might be a good thing that this story's coming out because it might actually inject us with some hope. We'll get into that. Everybody knows Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton. They're just amazing. They are And everybody knows Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. They also deliver. They also do curbside pickup. And they also do online wine education classes. So stop on by 104th in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. You can always find weekly deals, events, or even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Again, that's TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. This is Chris Fusley, owner of the Blake Street Tavern. <laughs> Want to book a party during football season? There are 18,000 reasons to pick the Blake Street Tavern. That's how many square feet we have on the corner of Park and Blake. 18,000 square feet, three bars, and a beer garden with a 6 by 10 foot TV. And our food and underground social games room were voted the best in town by Westward Magazine. If only the men of Orange's quarterbacks checked that many boxes. It's the Blake Street Tavern, where Denver watches sports. All right, yeah, so bad leadership is all around us. It is. And sometimes when you have horrible leaders, uh, leadership and you get rid of it, it might actually make you re- appreciate good leadership. It should. It really should. It's kind of like you're in a bad relationship and you got a shitty boyfriend or girlfriend, and then you finally break up with them, and then you got to give yourself some time, okay? The little dating tip. You Give give time for yourself. But eventually, when you're back ready to date and then you actually are with somebody that treats you right, oh, my God, you're like, this is fantastic. I am special. Anyway, Sua Cravens used to play for the Denver Broncos. And he was on social media last night and this morning talking about all the shit that he was dealing with with the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio, more specifically Vic Fangio. He had a lot of great things to say about the Denver area. In fact, Sua Craven said, I miss Denver so much. Wish I didn't keep tearing my damn meniscus. I I get my knee drained once a week to show I was committed to being on the field. Didn't help. Vic went out of his way to dislike me either way. But that's life. Okay? So, he kind of alludes to it in one of his first tweets. Hold on. My dog is... Jet, stop. Like porking himself. It's disgusting. Anyway, continuing on. Asua uh, said, uh, man, I'll say this. First day of OTAs, me and Justin Simmons were talking about religion during warm-ups. Vic Fangio walked up to him and said, uh, and said only to Sua Cravens, talk football or shut up, Sua and then walked away from me. I looked at Justin and said, yep, I'm definitely getting cut after this. It was the first day of OTA, and he did that. He, he uh, Now, I'll say this. Uh, there's a lot of people out there in management that there's old school ways of thinking where you just like try to rip people down. 
break them down to nothing and then you try to rebuild them doesn't always work. Most of the time, it doesn't work as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't think I've ever, actually, the more I think, I don't think I've ever seen a, a successful manager that just breaks people down. I used to have a manager back in the day in radio, a different one, not the other, not the one that I was talking about before, a different one that refused to give compliments to employees, especially one-on-one. And it just got old really quick. People hated working for him. They would bust their ass and do all these things, and then they would never get a simple thank you. Not even a simple thank you. And when I confronted the manager about it, he's like, well, I don't do that. If anything, I'll just give a thank you to everybody. I don't believe in giving one-on-ones because I don't want it to go to their head. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Sometimes people need a little one-on-one, hey, good job. He's like, well, that's just going to make them soft and think that I'm going to give that to them for every little thing they do. I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. But that's the way a lot of managers think. Not all of them. Not all of them. There's a good chunk, though, out there that do that, and it's just mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing to me. So uh, Sue Cravens continued and said, messed up part is when I got cut, they asked me if I wanted to meet with Vic Fangio. I said yes and waited outside his door. I knocked and waited for 10 minutes. He was inside and chose not to meet with me. Imagine if I stormed out and caused a scene. It would have made headlines. Vic Fangio was a cancer. So that's, if you're going to make a decision when you're in leadership, it doesn't matter if it's it's at uh, in business, sports like this, or, or even parenting, you just got to stand behind it as, as much as it's, it's a tough thing to do. I get it. Sometimes it's just like, fuck, you got to deal with this. But you got to deal with it. You made the decision, finish the, the, the decision. Have the balls, Vic Fangio, to tell Sua Cravens the reasons why you, you cut him. Don't be a pussy and just be like, I'm not going to answer the door. (laughs) If I stay perfectly still, they won't see me. (laughs) It's like, we know you're in there. You got glass windows or glass doors. (laughs) Don't make a move. He's just like sitting there like like he's a mannequin. You fucking dumb shit. Uh, Sua Cravens continued. I told Vic. I was told Vic didn't run dime linebacker packages and I needed to make the team as a real safety because they don't do hybrid positions. He cut me, then proceeded to bring in three different players that only played dime linebacker. His agenda was to get rid of me no matter what. Uh, Chris Harris Jr., former teammate of Sua Cravens, actually chimed in on this conversation and wrote, I'm a witness. Like, he can acknowledge that this shit is happening. And I imagine we're going to hear more and more stories come out like this about Vic Fangio uh, and other coaches for, for that matter, especially when you don't work for that team anymore. Like Sue Cravens isn't in the league anymore. So he, he has no skin in the game. He'll, he does not mind coming out and say whatever his truth is. And that's great for people like us. <laughs> that want to hear the gossip. Ooh, spill the tea. Can't wait. But Chris Harris coming out and backing him up, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. 
And I'm glad Chris Harris Jr. did that because otherwise I think there'd be a lot of people out there in Broncos country uh, and around the NFL that would be like, ah, that's Sua just being a nutty job guy. I said a nutty job guy. I was going to say a nut job, and then I was going to say nutty, and then I decided to go nutty job. You're welcome. Anyway, and that's easy to do. Be like, ah, he's just out of the league. He's bent out of shape, and he was, you know, kept getting injured. Like he was, like Sue even said, he's like his fucking meniscus. He kept tearing it, and that shit happens. And then Sue kind of wrapped up with, most of Broncos country believes these stories. Uh, those that don't choose to turn to blind uh, choose to turn a blind eye to obvious wrongdoings because their love for a team runs that deep. Fans tend to forget that they're human beings in those helmets and shoulder pads. NFL been a dirty biz. <laughs> That's how he wrapped it up. And it's not just the NFL. There's there's dirty businesses all around. Because at the end of the at the end of the day, a lot of not all of them. I, I shouldn't say a lot. There's a good amount of higher ups that just really don't care about the the people that are the blood of of the industry of whatever industry you're in. There's when I worked in restaurants, there was a lot of people that just did not give a shit in management about the employees. They're just they're just another body there that they pay to get the job done. You just really didn't focus on making the environment better. So it's there's a lot of those in a lot of different industries. I, I've seen a lot, but I've seen a lot of great managers too. I love it when I I hear about like my wife's company and and they do a lot of team building. And it's it, at first when I first heard it I was like, "Oh, great team. Let's do a trust fall." <laughs> like it sounds silly, but I hear some of the stuff that they do and the stories they have. Like I was talking to the guys over at Mile High Sports and they're just like, "We need to do like next time we cover a big event like the Super Bowl, like we want to bring more people out because it's just like, it's such a great time to, to like Sue is getting, Sue Cravens is getting reprimanded for talking religion with, with uh, Justin Simmons. I can't imagine being in a work environment where you can't have small talk because that builds, that strengthens the team. And when you have companies that actually invest in their team and they do these team building things, Whatever it might be, I'm not saying you do it once a month, but you do it like once or twice a year as much as you can, I guess. It just, it benefits the company so much. You have happy employees. Happy employees are productive employees, okay? Not saying put the masturbation pods in there like the other <laughs> episode we did the other day. I'm not saying you go that far, but you have happy employees that get along with one another, man, guess what? They start, they, they enjoy going to work. These, you create a bad environment like urban Meyer. And it's just like the, these fellow coaches are just like exhausted anytime that they speak to them because they're just like, fuck, 
I'm a loser because that's what he goes up and tells people. You're a loser. I'm a winner. <laughs> Nobody gets his jokes. <laughs> but man, if you're if you're in leadership, maybe take a moment today after listening to this and go, am I being a good leader? Because I think a lot of times, whatever position you're, whether you are a leader or whatever job you're doing, take a step back and be like, am I doing a good job? Am I doing the best job I can be doing at whatever it is I'm doing? Because there's probably a good chance that you could improve in, in one area or another. And that's okay. That's okay. But you get these people like Urban Meyer, guarantee you he doesn't self-reflect because he thinks he's fucking awesome. He's a winner. Everybody else is losers, not him. He's not the problem. So it's one of those things. It, it, it's not like you have to do it in front of everybody. Take a second. Take two minutes. Take five minutes. Whatever it is. And start making that a habit where you sit there and go, am I doing a good job? Is there something I could be doing better? Probably is. And that's okay. Do that in parenting. Am I doing the best job I can as, as a parent? Fuck. Um, I could be better. I could set the phone down more and focus more on the kids. Look them in the eye more. Stuff like that. It's not just in work. It could be in life as well. And that's okay. There is nothing wrong with stopping and going, fuck, am I doing a good job or am I sucking? And guess what? If you can admit that you're sucking, that's how you start to not suck. <laughs> okay? Listen, I'm a wordsmith. You're welcome. <laughs> make, make that a t-shirt. <laughs> the keys to not sucking is to admit that you suck. Write that down. <laughs> and it's okay. We all suck at times. We do. We do. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't suck today. Don't be a dick. If you're being a dick, take a breath and see if you can fix what you're doing. Okay? Admit that you're not perfect. That's a key to success. And you're going to fail at shit. And that's okay. But it's like Urban Meyer. Do you see him correcting his shit? I don't. I don't. And he's getting grinded on by some, like, you know, <laughs> girl in a bar and claiming that he didn't do it. Oh, my God. He's a fucking douchebag. Oh, you could go on and on about Urban Meyer. Fucking douche. Vic Fangio. Okay, real quick. The good thing is, is as bad as Vic Fangio was, is the good thing that is coming out of this is... We were really bad, had a bad leader with Vic Fangio, and now we got Nathaniel Hackett in there, and he seems like that he is a better, much better leader than Vic Fangio. You add that to the equation with the, the high-powered offense that the Broncos seem to be, uh, you know, nailing down. You know, they got Russell Wilson and everybody else. The future is bright for the Denver Broncos. And it was pretty dark with Vic Fangio. Okay? But it's bright now. It's bright, and that's good. 
Sometimes you got to go through the darkness to appreciate the light. There you go. Write that down. Make that a t-shirt. <laughs> God, I'm just full of them. Right at the end, too. Just boom, boom. Pew, pew. Don't be like Urban Meyer. <laughs> but so the good thing is that, uh, yeah, you, you, you went through the shit storm that was Vic Fangio who didn't seem like he knew what he was really doing, didn't know how to treat people. And now everything seems to be straightening out. And that's good. And now you can appreciate what's in front of us. Hopefully. Hopefully you can appreciate that. So as bad as Vic Fangio was, it does make me appreciate everything that's going on right in front of us with Nathaniel Hackett, who's still a young coach. So... Uh, doesn't have a lot of experience. <laughs> so it's a little like shit. We'll see what we got. But I'm 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 optimistic. Okay, so that's good. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Huff Uncensored. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And then if you're able, go ahead and share it with your friends. Thank you so much to Blake Street Tavern. Go check them out at 23rd in Blake in downtown Denver. And also go check out Total Beverage. Go to TotalBev.com and see their amazing selection. It's to Huff Uncensored. Let's keep moving forward. I'll talk to you next time.